Welcome to the Antioch Initiative Podcast, a podcast that focuses on the unreach of the world and seeing the Great Commission completed in our generation. Hi, today's podcast is with Dr. Marv Newell, Executive Director of the Alliance for the Unreached. Marv has recently written a new book entitled A Third of Us. And in this podcast, we discuss both this new book and the Alliance for the Unreached. Hi, this is Nick with the Antioch Initiative Podcast. And this afternoon, I have the privilege of talking with Marv Newell. Marv Newell is the director of Alliance for the Unreached. He's also the author of a recent book entitled A Third of Us. And he's also been the editor of Evangelical Missions Quarterly and up until right around this time. Marv, it is great to have you with us this afternoon. Well, Nick, thank you so much for having me on. I really look forward to this discussion together. Uh, and Marv, I want to just ask you up front, just for our listeners to hear, um, I know also that you have served as a missionary for many years. Would you share uh, a little bit of your story as far as your service and where you've served and uh, the, the places God has had you to serve? Oh, you bet. Because it, the Lord gave us, my wife and I, a wonderful journey in missions over the last 44 years. We started out in Irian Jaya, Indonesia. It's now called Papua, serving there 15 years amongst the people in that country. And then I became an area director for Asia with the mission I was with before moving on to become a professor of missions for a few years. And then uh, coming on board with Missio Nexus, which is a network of missions as the senior vice president. And uh, just retired from that, Nick. But in the meantime, I picked up this role as being also the executive director of the Alliance for the Unreached. That is amazing. Yeah, you've got us used you in many different contexts, many different ways um, on the field and academia and in writing and uh, with Missio Nexus. That's that's incredible. And you've recently written um, a book entitled A Third of Us, and we're going to be talking about that in a little bit. Uh, but before we get to that, I want to ask you just about uh, Alliance for the Unreached. Can you share us a little of the story of that organization and, and, and why it exists? You bet, Nick. Um... We are a, an alliance of just under 70 mission agencies and schools that really have a burden to have people understand the plight of the unreached. And so back in uh, 2014, actually, a group of six got together and formed what was called the Inter uh, International Day for the Unreached. That was the first uh, way that we started out, uh, just focusing one day a year on the day of Pentecost, but having churches just use that day for focusing on unreached peoples. But we've developed since then, and we're much more than just focusing on one day. And now, uh, all throughout the year, we're trying to get churches and organizations, uh, the Christian in a pew, to understand that a third of humanity still does not have access to the gospel. So, Nick, we actually, for a long time, have used the word unreached peoples, and right. um, that's defined many different ways. But in my book, I try to define it very succinctly and very much in a popular way of places where people do not have access to the Bible and to the church and to Christians. And that's, that's a third of humanity that did not have that access. Sure. So that's the, why the title of the book says a third of us, a third of humanity with no access to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. We, um, you could, I know you can argue, well, maybe not argue, but talk about different numbers. I, I hear 42% a lot um, is being a statistic used for the unreached. Maybe that's from Joshua Project or how did you guys, I mean, a third is nice for just for communication. Is any other comments on, I guess, the difference between 42 and a third or is it just, what are your, yes, 
Yes, I'll be glad to address that because that's very important. You are absolutely correct. It's actually 42%. However, we when we started this uh, alliance, uh, we found that interest in, uh, in promoting the Day of the Unreached began to wane and we couldn't understand why we had a good start and then it just started almost to peter out. And so we hired a marketing company to come in and help us understand what was going on. And they came back after extensive research, Nick, and told yep. us this, nobody understands what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> they said, that, they say your keyword unreached, the typical Christian in the pew is clueless, clueless. They don't understand that. Right. And uh, probably four out of 10 knew what the word was and they define it all different ways. And so you sure. need to come up with a different, with a different way of presenting the needs for the unreached. And then they helped us. They walked us through and I said, you know what? If we just simply say a third of humanity, which is under 42%, obviously, but it close, right. a third of humanity has no access to the gospel, people will get it. And right. so we thought, okay, we will do that. We will start making that our brand and yeah. marking it as a third of humanity. And that's the title of the book as well, A Third of Us. And, you know, it has really caught on like wildfire. People now understand they can, they can without using the word unreached, we're talking about people with no access to the gospel, one third people with no access to the gospel. And that now resonates with uh, the common Christian and uh, with different groups. And it's really been uh, very successful in helping to get the message out now using that as the uh, as the symbol, the three lines. Yeah, well, that's I was going to ask you next about the three lines, because that's on the book you have. Um, it's. Uh, like a tattoo, probably not a permanent tattoo, but, um, you know, just, you know, uh, drawing three lines on, uh, on different things. Uh, can you talk to us about the three lines, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. And that came up with this marketing group too. They said, look, here's a way to do it. You just kind of put one of those stripes or lines a little distance away from the other two to represent the third of humanity with no access to the gospel. Have people go around and write this like on their hands on the palm of their hands or wherever, take a picture of it and put it up on their websites, and then people will ask, what does that mean? And just talk about, oh, that one line means one third of humanity without access to the gospel. So yeah, it's become the symbol uh, that we're using and people resonate, like I say, with it and can understand it and help push it forward. Last year, uh, over 2 million, almost 2.9 million times, that symbol was was uh, pushed somewhere in social media. That's wonderful that's that's amazing yeah because that's yeah helping people to get it you know it's, it's unfortunate that today many even christians in america don't know what the great commission is uh, at least that's statistically i've heard um but then getting them to understand the unreached is even more uh challenging so oh absolutely yeah um, so great to hear about you know you guys how god's helped you to communicate that and a great idea um well, you've written this book entitled A Third of Us. It's a, it's a great book, by the way, and I'd highly recommend it to anyone who's listening to the podcast. Uh, and you really do a good job of just outlining just basic information about who the unreached are and then just facts about them. Um, uh, what though, I'm just curious, what, what were like, you know, what was some of the background that went before you, you must've had, before you wrote the book, you must've been thinking there's a need for this or there's a need for that, or what, what, what motivated the writing of the book? Yeah. Uh, Nick, you know, uh, absolutely right. Asking what, what's the reason you pulled a book together, right? Uh, it was my hope that this book will bring an awareness of the spiritual plight of the third of humanity with no access to the gospel. That was, 
the the you know the, the premise of the book. Right. But furthermore, we're hoping that that awareness will bring an understanding of what it takes to unreach uh, to reach the unreached, and that's what the core of the book is about. Sure. But then beyond that, we want people to take that understanding uh, to greater mobilized prayer and people and resources for the cause of reaching the unreached people in the world. So we're hoping that this information will be inspiring enough to people to do that very thing. Sure. Well, in chapter two, it's it actually is titled The Priority of Jesus's Last Words. And so you you talk about the priority of the Great Commission. Um, so you also develop the different passages in a, in a unique way. It was unique for me anyway, of just reading the different. We, first of all, many Christians don't even realize that, that the Great Commission is in each of the Gospels. And you make that very clear. But you also talk about the chronology of the different versions. Would you share a little bit with our listeners about that um, as far as what, uh, from what you found of when Jesus probably shared the different versions of the Great Commission? Sure. You know, Nick, most people believe that Jesus gave the Great Commission one time uh, and that it's just kind of synoptically um, portrayed in scripture, the different uh, writers that wrote their Great Commission versions in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John uh, thought they heard Jesus say it this way and gave it this emphasis. But that's the wrong way to look at the Great Commission passages. Actually, Jesus gave the Great Commission to the disciples five different times in five different settings with five different emphasis that he wanted them to learn. Sure. And so and so it's not synoptic, but rather it's sequential. And um, if you don't mind, I'll go through the sequence at this point. Yeah, we got that would be great. I'd be, I'd yeah. be amazing. Please. Well, you know, the biblical order from Matthew through John and into Acts is different from the chronological order. <clears throat> and actually, when you read the context in which these Great Commission passages are, you'll find the first one is John chapter 20, verses 21 through 23, where Jesus talks about the model of mission, him being the model that we're to uh, model our mission after. And sure. then about a week later, the disciples are still in Jerusalem. They're still in an upper room a week later because they're fulfilling the requirements of the Passover week, which all Jews fulfilled. And sure. Jesus sure. meets with them a second time that uh, eight days later, and he gives them the second installment, which is talks about the magnitude of the task of going into all the world and to reach every creature. And sure, then about, sure. oh, maybe a week or so after that, the disciples and Jesus are up in Galilee on a mountain, it says in Matthew chapter 28. And we find the third installment that Jesus gave them about the method of reaching the unreached, the methodology in that passage. Sure. And then about, oh, maybe a week or so later, back uh, in Jerusalem again, everyone's there. And Luke chapter 24, we see Jesus give another in another encounter with the disciples told them the message that they are to share, which is repentance and forgiveness of sin. And yeah. then there's one last one. <laughs> the last one is Acts chapter one, verse eight, maybe just a few hours after the Luke 24 passage, Jesus has the disciples um, there um, on the Mount of Olives, and he tells them the means of the Great Commission. Uh, you will be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Yeah. And you will be in, in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. And so every one of those emphasis I unpack in the, in the next chapters to help understand what they happen to be. But I think the thing to understand here, Nick, is that Jesus just didn't dump the Great Commission one time on the disciples. He sure. led them through sure. a, a school of world missions, you might say, over sure. a 40-day period and, right. and repeatedly gave the Great Commission passages to them so that they would understand them. 
Sure. And I think we could also say that he might have repeated it even more. We just don't have record. Um, it, it could. It could. Well, but hey, you know, there is a very basic hermeneutical principle that says this. Whatever is important is repeated and whatever is repeated is important. There you go. And you have that right here with the Great Commission, you know, five different times recorded in scripture. Yeah. Um, so it's important. And so we dare not minimize it. The priority of Jesus' last word should be our priority as well. Amen. That's powerful. I, I love that. And just, yeah, the, the depth of that. It's, it's amazing. And and something you you do bring out in, um you know, in chapter four, um, in the magnitude uh, of just the fact that the Great Commission was for all peoples. And that, of course, you know, not just for two thirds, but for three thirds, the Great Commission is to reach all peoples. You also, though, we talk about the Great Commission is for all peoples to encounter Jesus, to have the good news, to have the gospel. Um, but you also do discuss a little bit about, um, I guess, what what is the focus of the Great Commission and what, you know, and, and I, I would guess in the context that there in our in our day, there are many different types of ministry and many different emphases that get um, they get attention. Um, and one of those that can sometimes get attention is that of um, eco ministry or taking care of the world or eco justice. Right. Uh, yeah. You talk about that some in chapter four. And uh, would you would you address a little bit of that now on the podcast? Just yeah, you know, because the word creation is in that Great Commission passage, go in the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Ah. Uh, there's people that pick up on that word creation and say, oh, there must be then an emphasis on creation ministry as well. But, you know, Jesus is talking more about the creation of mankind and, and humankind than the creation itself in that passage. But I want to quickly say this. You know, I applaud the efforts that are being made in echo justice and and uh, trying to help uh, conserve the world and all that, the beautification projects and all. Uh, I mean, those things are necessary, but that's not core to what Jesus is telling us. The more important thing is the injustice that's being done and holding back the gospel to the to the 3.2 billion people, the third of humanity who still do not have access to it. And so, although, yeah, you can probably throw in a little bit of emphasis here on echo justice. Um, we dare not let that cloud over the major thrust of Jesus and getting the gospel to people that need to hear that, because that's the greatest injustice in the world of having someone enter eternity, never even having a clue that there was a path of salvation for them through Jesus Christ. Wow. That's powerful. Yeah. And that, I guess, um, that leads me to um, my next question, which has to do with opposition. And uh, you, in chapter nine, you talk about opposition to reaching a third. And you do talk about persecution. And that's, that's promise. Jesus promised all of us as believers. Uh, but actually, even Jesus' promises about persecution is not necessarily just in the Great Commission. It's just, I would say, it's just in following him in any context. But um, yes. But I, I want to ask you, what um, what are things that hinder uh, the church today, hinder the body of Christ from reaching out to that final third? I mean, we praise God for the two thirds that, that have access, but the 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 uh, a third that doesn't. Um, it's been 2000 years since Jesus gave us this great commission. You know, and, and again, we've just talked about in, in all the different gospels. I mean, at least five different times he, he commanded us to to go to all creation to every every tongue every tribe every every ethnicity 
and bring the good news. Um, and yet, 2,000 years later, we're, we're not there. Um, what are some of the things that, are, that have hindered us and maybe are still hindering us today in finalizing uh, this task that Jesus has given us? Well, you know, Nick, uh, we, we dare not make the mistake that it's easy to reach the remaining unreached. It's just the opposite. It's very difficult to reach those that have not been reached yet. The, the low-hanging fruit has been reached, and now it's the high ones, the difficult places, restricted access countries. All those places are going to be violently opposed many times to us proclaiming the gospel there. So just to think, oh, well, if I go to this Buddhist group, they're going to accept me and, and believe them is absolutely wrong. Sure. They're, going to, uh, they're going to be opposed to it in, in, in many, many ways. So that's why I wrote chapter 9. And uh, right back to the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 20, uh, Matthew chapter 10, as to the different stages of opposition that we would uh, we would um, experience this as being prevented from giving a witness or reject it once it's there or detained for doing it or abused, physically abused for doing it, to be mm. persecuted, uh, then even killed or martyred. You know, all those things are possibilities that are there. But I, I want to go to the second part of your question, because I think that that's really, really important as to why after 2000 years, have is there so much humanity still without the gospel? And I want to go back, if you don't mind me taking us back to 1806, sure. when there was what was uh, called the Haystack Prayer Meeting that a small band of students at Williams College gathered around under a haystack one rainy afternoon, and they made a pledge to world evangelization. And at that time, there wasn't even a, a mission agency here in North America. That was still going to be a few years future. But they said, you know, we're going to pray for the evangelization of the world. And they came up with this motto that was this, we can do it if we will. We can do it if we will. And, you know, that talks a lot about effort, but also the will, willingness and the willpower to do it. And I, I think that today we need to Remember that it's going to take willpower on our part to do it, and God enabling us to have the will to do that. And sometimes I, I even like to flip that statement that came from Samuel Mills, who was one of those attendees at the Haystack uh, prayer meeting, uh, and just say that we can't do it if we don't will to do it. Wow. And so, in very practical terms, it takes motivation, you know, God given motivation, Holy Spirit driven motivation to want to reach the unreached that are still there. And we dare not miss that. But second to that is also this, this disparity of resources that are there. When we think about, for instance, of all the missionaries in the world today, there's like over 400,000 of them out there, but only about, oh, 3% of them go to uh, no access countries, go to unreached peoples, only 3%. Of, wow. of missionaries. Uh, you know, it's astounding to think that there's so few that are willing to go to the unreached. And then not only when it comes to personnel, um, is there a problem, but when it comes to financing as well, um, financing again is like 1% of mission uh, uh, dollars given to missions are earmarked directly and specifically for unreached peoples, just 1%. And so, um, you know, that's, that just shows that we need to balance some of this. Some people call this the great imbalance. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a great imbalance. It's a disparity that needs to be dress, addressed. So we need, to, we need to turn things around when it comes to people being motivated. 
wanting to go and then allocating the resources and personnel to do that very thing. Yeah, that's, wow, such a great need. And um, wow, what are some, um, I'll just ask you about, you know, the Alliance of the Unreached. What are some things that you guys have been doing? Um, well, I, you know, you, the book itself is helping people to grasp these things and the day for the unreached. But what are some other things you guys have been doing to help get the word out, to help people catch um, the importance of this vision? Yes, right. Well, first of all, uh, we do have a website, which is Alliance for the Unreached. I know it's a long, kind of long thing to write out, but allianceforthunreached.org. And if if any of our listeners would go there, Nick, and go to the resource tab at the top of that page and go into that resource area, you'll see several different things there. First of all, um, there's there's sermons that can be used on the day of Pentecost or whatever day a pastor might want to preach about the unreached. There's a prayer guide that's there that's updated every year. There's a Great Commission. uh, action guide that's there. There's inserts for bulletins that can be picked up. There's podcasts that can be listened to. There's just a lot of materials that really uh, are available to anyone that wants to get on board. You don't have to join us to grab those materials. Just go ahead and, and do that. Oh, and let, let me say this. Um, at the back, very back of my book, I mentioned it, but it's on that website too, is that if people want to teach this book, because this book is very teachable, Sure. Maybe small groups or in, in Bible school classes or something. Uh, there's a PowerPoint that goes with it, a free PowerPoint to grab right there on that resource page and uh, download the PowerPoint and use it any way people want to be able to teach the book as well. Awesome. Yeah, I've, I've looked at that PowerPoint. It's great. And the book is definitely really helpful. And just it's a great book. It's probably, I mean, to, to, to communicate the needs of the unreached is one of the best books that I've seen, if not the best book, just it's succinctly, there's, there's a lot of great books on missions, but this one, your book does a really good job of just really defining just, hey, there's still a third left. You know, I would say, you know, we could say 42% or one third, but for marketing one third uh, that, that so desperately need access to the gospel and the church you know, this is the church's responsibility. As I talk to people, I often let people know that, you know, we praise God for the UN that can address certain types of human rights issues. Praise God for companies that can help with different kinds of issues, uh, local um, non-government organizations or nonprofits can help with different kinds of needs of poverty in communities with food, but who's going to help people have access to the gospel? (laughs) Who's going right. to give the gospel if it's not the church? Yes. It, it's our unique responsibility. I mean, no one else, the Red Cross is not going to give access to the good news of the good news to the unreached. Uh, the Red Cross is, I mean, governments are not going to do that. UN's not going to do it. Only the Church of Jesus Christ can, you know, can take this responsibility, which he gave us. I mean, he gave us 2,000 years ago. And um, I uh, so appreciate your. Um, you know, everything that you guys are doing um, at the Alliance for the Unreached and also just for um, this book is just an amazing resource. Um, and, and all you've done to cast vision in this book. Um, what um, I'm just any other thoughts you might have here is we're getting ready to wrap up the, the podcast um, and interview here just regarding the book, regarding um, uh, your organization and all that you guys are doing to cast vision for the unreached. Well, you know, the book is readily available, Nick. Uh, if people would go to even Amazon and pick sure. it up there, it costs like $11 or something, $10, $11. Uh, 
And so it's not an expensive book. Uh, and I'd say just get a hold of it and begin to read it and, and see for themselves uh, the, the way that the whole need of the world unfolds and what we can do about it. I mean, Jesus gave us the, the uh, roadmap right there in the Great Commission passages, and that's what the book tells us about. You know, on, on Saturday, I returned from teaching uh, a whole week at a Bible college in Kansas City. And when I got back here, um, there was an email from a missions professor uh, who teaches in a seminary in South Dakota. And uh, he says, hey, I just got your book. I've looked through it and all, and I'm going to be teaching this in my class. You know, that's just kind of a neat way to know that not only can a church group pick this up, a Sunday school class or something, but even a, 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 a seminary class uh, can go through this and, and really get in touch with what we mean by the unreached peoples of the world. So I just thank you uh, for giving me this exposure uh, through this podcast, Nick, to be able to uh, get the word out with hopefully people wanting now to um, to take a look and see for themselves and and then push it on forward. Yeah, well, it's an honor to have you on the podcast. We we are we're about the unreached. That's that's what we're about. We want people to. You know, we know that Jesus has commissioned us to be a part of giving access to every tongue, every tribe, every people group, and um, we're just grateful that you're willing to come on and talk about your book, which is an excellent resource. And um, I believe that most of our listeners will pick up a copy. I have it on Kindle right in front of me. And um, I, I've, oh, bought, I've actually also bought hard copies. I've given away uh, one of my leaders. I've given a copy away already. Uh, but um, yeah, I highly recommend the book. It's a, just a, an excellent resource and um, appreciate all you guys do. Uh, and um, at, at Alliance, for, at, yeah, Alliance for the Unreached. And um, th mm -hmm. thank you for your time today with us. We really appreciate it so much. Well, Nick, thank you for having me on. I've, it's been a pleasure to be on, and I'm so glad we can get the word out this way. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Antioch Initiative podcast. To keep up with future episodes, follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow our social media handles at the Antioch Initiative to stay up to date on all future content.